In this episode of the Micah Greens Podcast, I'm going to go over all the different soil and grow mat trials that I've tried, including the fertilizers that I've used, and just summarize the results. Welcome to the Micah Greens Podcast. I'm your host, Todd Marsh, and I'm on a mission to help you, teach you, and motivate you to grow flavorful and nutritious microgreens in your home. Each Microgreens podcast is meant to supplement content published on homemicrogreens.com, but in reality, the show is more about sharing with you the joys of growing your own food. Not only is it more nutritious, but seeing those plants grow will lift your spirits, bring a smile to your face, and give you a positive outlook on life. Let's get started. Welcome to episode number 40 of the Microgreens podcast. Today, while I was watering my microgreens, I was going over one of the trials that I'm doing. I'm doing a soil trial, and I really thought back about all the different soil trials that I have done in the past, and a lot of them go way back to when I first started growing microgreens. I thought it'd be a good idea just to summarize them, if for nothing else, my own benefit as I'm going through this latest trial. First off, I want to say none of these trials are like scientifically proven. They're just me growing microgreens side by side with different soil medias, different fertilizers, and about the same conditions. I'm not saying my way is perfect. I'm not saying any particular soil or any particular any particular fertilizer is perfect. I'm just explaining the results that I see in the trials that I've been doing. And even though you can't see any pictures of any of these trials, you can go right to the website and I have side-by-side pictures of every trial that I have done. I'll try to link them all in the show notes. The show notes for this podcast will be at homemicrogreens.com forward slash four zero for 40. This is the 40th episode. And as I mentioned before, the one thing you do get with Home Microgreens is I show you the results. They're my photos, my images. They're not stock photos, and the results are shown side by side, so there can be no doubts. A lot of times you say some somebody will say that they have the best grow media, and all you see are pictures of microgreens grown with that media. And without anything to compare it to, of course, they're going to look good. It's when you show microgreens grown in one product compared to another product side by side that you can get a better idea of which is better in those circumstances that they were grown under. I have quite a few studies, so I guess I'll better get going on it. If you hear some paper crunching, it's just the notes I've taken. I've gone through the whole website to make sure that I haven't missed any and to remind myself of what happened in the past. The first one is actually the, uh, at least now it's the second blog on the website. So I had one on growing microgreens, and then I, I did this soil trial where it was Coco Loco and microgreens grown on a jute mat. I'm not quite sure what jute mats are made out of. It's sort of a pretty dense uh, fabric, similar to hemp, but more tightly woven. And I just grew Coco Loco and the jute pads, and the jute pads just didn't grow very well. I probably didn't do the whole experiment very well. But in the end, the soil did better than the jute pads, and again, without fertilizer. Because this is when I was just trying to figure out uh, should I grow on soil or should I grow on, on some sort of other grow media? So that was just the first trial. I'm not going to get much into it. It's not very good. And I probably should just take that whole article off the website, but then you have to do a 301 redirect and it's just a pain. So I'm just going to leave it. The next one is a little bit better. And here I'm trying to discern whether I want to grow on um, just coconut core whether I want to grow on some other grow media or potting mix that people have put together. And I grew uh, microgreens. I grew two. I like these types of tests where I grow a fast growing microgreen 
and a slow-growing microgreen. So I grow something, I generally use kohlrabi. So I grow kohlrabi for my fast-growing microgreen, something that is ready in 10 to 14 days, generally around 10. And then I repeat the whole experiment and I grow the very long-lasting microgreen, like say a basil or a cilantro, that takes 30 or 40 days to mature. That way I can see if the fertilizers or the grow media work on the fast-growing microgreens, if it's worth messing around with it, with the fast-growing microgreens, or if the effects just don't occur until much later in the process when the soil is depleted of whatever nutrients it has, and then they need more. So that's why I grow the long the, the basil for the longer-term test. The first test compared coconut core, pure coconut core, right from the brick. So I just dissolved the brick, got it all ready for planting. Fox Farms Coco Loco and Fox Farms Happy Frog. Now, the difference between Coco Loco, Coco Loco is made out of coconut core along with some wood products and some other uh, amendments. And Happy Frog is mostly a peat-based mix instead of a core mix with about the same uh, ingredients or the same additives, except that the Coco Loco has kelp meal in it. And the Happy Frog has Leonardite. And I'll talk more about Leonardite a little bit later on. So the first test, again, was with Karabi. So it's a quick-growing test, something that's done in, done in uh, 14 days. And the way the results come out was that the Coco Loco grew the Karabi the best, then the pure coconut core, and then the peat-based Happy Frog. I do believe off the top of my head that the Happy Frog doesn't quite have as much wood products in it, so it's a little bit tighter of a mix. And I was sort of surprised during this whole process that the Pure Coconut Core um, outgrew the Happy Frog, but it did. But that will change in the next trial. When I, I repeated the same trial using basil this time. No fertilizers at all. So again, the Coconut Core is going to have its issues compared to the uh Fox Farms products that actually have some amendments in it. And the result of that was the Happy Frog actually grew the basil. I believe it was dark opal basil. Grew the basil better than the Coco Loco and way better than the core, the pure core. Now, it's not surprising that the core did bad and people, I remember people getting on to me. Of course it did. It doesn't have any amendments in it like the other ones did. But that was the whole point was it's a baseline. What can pure coconut core do on its own? When is it good? When is it bad? When do we need to start adding things to it? So the Happy Frog growing better than the Coco Loco sort of surprised me. And the difference between them is that Coco Loco has, the only differences between them is that Coco Loco has a kelp meal added to it, which should be more nitrogen, I would think. And the uh, Happy Frog has Leonardite, which is basically, it's a, it's a lignite, it's it's a brown coal. It's basically what's on the top or the bottom of the coal beds that isn't very good to use to burn, but it actually has a lot of humic acids in it that leaches a lot of humic acids. And I thought it was more of a supplement, more for like gardens. In other words, it was a long term. It took a long time for those humic acids to leach out of the Leonardite into the soil, but apparently not because it seemed to do really well with the, the long term growing basil. That said, I didn't really like Happy Frog at all because it was peat-based. And as I've, I think I have three or four articles on how much I hate peat because it just doesn't wet. It takes forever for the water to absorb into it. And I just don't have time to stand around and let the soils absorb water. While all the coconut core soils, they just, they just absorb water immediately. 
And the next trial, I stayed with Coco Loco because I just liked the way it grew microgreens just fine. And it grew the uh, faster growing ones much better than the, ha- than the Happy Frog did. And again, I like the Coco Core a lot better than Peat Moss as far as using it. So I grew Coco Loco against a locally made growers blend. And actually, it's the same company where I get my base for my soil that I have now. But it was their own blend, and it was a peat core mix. And the Coco Loco just sort of blew it away. Again, Coco Loco has quite a bit of wood products in it. The growers blend had some peat and some coconut core mixed in together. Again, it didn't wet really well. And the results were way in the favor of the Coco Loco. I think a lot of it has to do, and I'm going to talk about this a little bit later, has to talk about aeration. I think that those the wood products, the little teeny wood chips that are in the Coco Loco and the perlite that's in my new mix really lets a lot of oxygen down in into the soil, into the potty mix. And I'm, I keep saying soil. It's really a potty mix, but just when I say soil, I mean potty mix. But anyways, the uh, more coarse items allow more oxygen down into the root zone. And I think it's much better for the plants. That's why coconut core doesn't do so well because it's so tightly, it's so tightly, densely compacted that there's just not enough oxygen for the roots. The next test I did, I didn't even publish. Um, I went to a trade show and there was a guy there. There was a company there. It's called Pit Moss. And I can't believe Joe Gardner, if you've ever seen that podcast, I think it's like the number one gardening podcast. He was actually advertising Pit um, Pit Moss at one point. Now, it was a great idea. It's basically shredded up paper and cloth, and they sort of make this mix out of it, and it's supposed to be great for growing plants. And the guy graciously sent me a bag of it, and it was horrible. It was I, it was so bad, I couldn't even put the results in. I wouldn't even want to – I don't try to embarrass people. If they're giving me a product to try, I'm not going to lie about that product, but I'm not going to throw them underneath the bus either. But I think it's good that people give – people like myself products to try and to report on if they're great they're great if they're bad well i'm you know maybe it was my growing maybe it was the way i grew these microgreens that didn't work with that soil so i don't really want to throw them underneath the bus but if i do have good results i i will show it but it's been a couple years so i don't feel so bad now and maybe they've changed their product but the bag i was sent was horrible i told the guy about the results and he offered to send me another bag and i said Don't even bother. I'm just dumping this right into my compost bin and we'll see what it does in a year. This was also the time that I was developing the whole microgreens potting mix. As I mentioned before, I tried this growers blend from a local company and they had a more pure core mix. So I used that as a base. I took some of the things I like from Coco Loco. I took some of the things I like from Happy Frog. I make my own additives, add it to the mix. And that's what I sell as the home microgreens potting mix. I still think it's expensive, and I know it's expensive to ship. So I'm still looking for some national brands that are in in a lot of garden centers across the nation that people can just go in and pick up and buy, and we don't have to worry about shipping all this heavy potty mix across the country. That's why I keep doing these trials. And I tried a potty mix from Espoma. Espoma is spelled E-S-P-O-M-A. I also grew that against the whole microgreens mix, my new whole microgreens mix, and against a spomus seed starting mix. I thought, well, maybe a seed starting mix would be an excellent thing to try to grow microgreens in. I was so wrong with that. 
that seed starting mix, I swear, I just stood there and watched that stuff float on top of water. I don't even know. I, I probably, if I left it alone, it still wouldn't hydrate. It was that bad. It was just horrible. Like, don't buy seed starting mix to grow microgreens in. Stick with a potting mix. But the Espoma potting mix did really good against the whole microgreens mix. It grew just about as tall, but the leaves were a little bit smaller and not quite as thick and not quite as purple-tinged. I believe it was red cabbage that I grew. But so far, of the national brands, the Espoma potting mix was is the best that I've tried against the Home Microgreens potting mix. If you want to check that out, you can go to homemicrogreens.com forward slash Espoma, which is E-S-P-O-M-A. They'll take you to Amazon where you can just like look at the ingredients in the bag and so you can take a look at the bag. And when you see it in your garden center, you can purchase it. That is, if you don't want to buy the Home Microgreens potting mix. The Espoma soil is labeled as organic, which it really isn't because there's no standards for organic soils. It, probably what it means is there's no synthetic chemicals added to it, like sort of like the uh, miracle Grow mixes, the miracle Grow potting mixes have. The next trial was with Terra Fiber Hemp Mat against the whole microgreen soil. And if you don't know what hemp is, hemp is basically marijuana without the THC. Hemp has to have less than 0.3% THC in it to be called hemp. It is field grown. It's sold just like wheat or corn. It's the seeds are drilled in. So it's, it's farmed just like wheat and corn. So it's not super great for the environment, even though they say it is. So the hemp I buy, the terra fiber comes out of Canada. It's grown in these big, huge fields. Like I said, it's planted with tractors drilled in this, drilled into the soil. Then they cut it down like hay. They windrow it. They dry it and then they bale it exactly like hay in these big round bales or those big, real, huge square bales, and they take it back and start processing the fibers out of the out of the hemp plants. So in the first trial, I didn't use fertilizer. I just grew the whole microgreens potting mix against the terra fiber, again, as a baseline. I caught a bunch of crap on that, saying, of course, it didn't grow as well as the one with the additives in it. Well, I kind of knew that, but I still wanted to see how the terra fiber grew without any additives. The whole microgreen soil did much better, although the hemp did pretty well. In the next trial, I used a terra fiber and I added a fertilizer, a fertilizer called Ocean Solutions. It's basically ocean water, which has a lot of a lot of minerals in it. And believe it or not, it worked really, really well. In the trial, I grew hemp. I grew the terra fiber without fertilizer, the terra fiber with fertilizer, the home microgreens mix with fertilizer, and the home microgreens mix without fertilizer. The whole microgreens mix, when you add fertilizer to the home microgreen mix, it does nothing. There's no different growth whatsoever. It grows exactly the same, which to me shows that microgreens can only use so much, so many additives. They need some. If you have a few additives in the soil, they'll do a lot better, but you can't keep adding the additives and expect better results. It just doesn't happen. They can only grow so fast. So there's no need really to add any fertilizer to the whole microgreens potting mix if you're growing just broccolis, kales, kohlrabis, anything that's done in 14 days. There's no need to add any fertilizer to them. But with the hemp, the hemp with the ocean solutions was three times as big as the hemp without the ocean solution. So the fertilizer obviously helped the hemp. This is good because hemp is a whole lot lighter to ship than soil. However, to me, it makes a massive, I'm cutting, I buy it in these big, huge rolls and I cut all my different tray sizes out of it. It makes a mess. I'd rather work with soil any day of the week than I would the hemp, any day. 
People like to buy it, so I carry it. I actually have some on order now, and I'm really already dreading having to cut it up into sizes. I think I'm just going to cut it up into 10x10s and 10x20s, but we'll see when I get the product in. In fact, Terra Fiber in Canada is actually out of product. I actually had to buy some, I had to buy a roll of uh, Terra Fiber off Amazon. So I was happy with the results. If we use fertilizer with the hemp mats, we can get some halfway decent results, but maybe there's something better. And I found this bamboo mat. Now, the bamboo mat looks sort of like felt. It's really nice and soft. It's really white. There's no fibers that fall off of it. It's it's pretty cool. It's a lot easier to lay down smooth on a tray than, than the hemp mat. It's a lot easier to stretch into position than the hemp mat. And it's a lot lighter than soil. So in the next trial, I grew the bamboo felt mat with Ocean Solution against the home microgreens potty mix. The bamboo grew excellent. With the Ocean Solution, it grew about the same size as the uh, Home Micah Greens Potty Mix. Maybe the leaves were a little bit smaller, and they were a little bit more vertical. The, the container I had it in sort of contained the plant so it didn't sprawl out to the side, so it grew more vertical. But overall, I thought it was pretty similar to the Home Micah Greens Potty Mix, just smaller leaves. The The Home Micah Greens Potty Mix really grows microgreens that have nice, thick cotyledons. I do think, however, that I put a comment down that there was a slight odor to it, that sort of mildewy odor with the bamboo matting. But again, I can't remember off the top of my head. It's just something that I wrote down um, in the article. In the next trial and the last that I have published, I did four different grow medias. Obviously, the home microgreens potty mix. I grew the terra fiber. I grew the um, bamboo matting, and I grew a core mat. So the core mat is sort of like longer strands of coconut core, sort of like the coconut core doormats, only not quite as thick or as tightly woven. Everything was grown with the Ocean Solution, including the Home Microgreens potty mix, even though it didn't make the and make any difference to the potty mix. I still kept the experiment all the same and, and watered with Ocean Solution when they came out of blackout. This time, however, the bamboo matting did horrible. It just didn't grow at all like it did the first time. And I will admit, I do have problems growing on grow mats. I let, Either I let them dry out or they're too wet. I really have a hard time keeping them consistently at the right moisture. Soil isn't a problem for me, but grow mats, I just, once in a while, I'll just lose a batch because of probably miscare. I think that's the reason a lot of people should grow on soil. It's just more forgiving than grow mats are. So the results of that test were the whole microgreen soil potty mix did much better the coconut core mat did excellent, then the hemp mat, and then the bamboo. So I still found that the soil, the home microgreens potting, potty mix, was the easiest to work with. Even though the core mat did well, it was start, hard to work with. It was hard to shape into the size of the container. It would probably work really well for 1020s or 1010s, but when you get into the smaller trays, it's just too hard to cut. It's thick, and those coconut fibers are pretty tough. However, it grows microgreens really well, and I, I really noticed it when I was cutting up the last batch I just got in. I just got a new box of uh, coconut core mat in, and it's nice and thick and airy, so it has lots of room for the roots to grow down and oxygen to get towards those roots, where the hemp mat is a little bit better than the cocoa, uh, I'm sorry, than the bamboo fiber mat. The bamboo fiber mat, again, is mat is just like felt, so it's usually really either saturated or it dries out while the hemp mat has a little bit of dimension to it and there's actually room for the roots to get up out of the water when you've overwatered it and the same with the coconut fiber mats another disadvantage of the cocoa fiber mats is you really should soak them 
the day beforehand, and I'm not really good at doing that type of thing. But if you get the mats uh, soaking wet, they will actually germinate the seeds better. And speaking of germinating seeds, that's another problem with the grow mats is they just won't, some microgreens just won't grow in them. If you have soil and you have soil on hand, you can grow anything you have. That's what seeds grow in. That's what seeds should grow in. If you have grow mats, some, some microgreens just don't grow well on them. And if you're not around, you skip a day or skip a day of watering at the, at the bad time. It just dries out and it really hurts your microgreens. Where the soil seems to have an inch of soil, it seems to retain a lot more moisture. Much more forgiving than any of the grow mats. That's why I like soil. In the latest test, I haven't published this yet. I've just finished half of it. I Someone sent me a fertilizer, so I'm trying to use their fertilizer with coconut core because I really would like to sell coconut core. I think it's it's a good process. It's a soil. It really holds moisture, actually too much, but it holds moisture a lot better than the grow mats do. I just need to find a way to grow with it. So I grew two trays of home microgreens mix, potty mix, and two trays of pure coconut core. One with fertilizer, one of each with fertilizer, one of each without fertilizer. And the coconut core just did not grow the kurabi very well at all. And the more I think about it and go over my past results from everything else, I think the, the problem is that the coconut core is just too tight. It's too fine. It just compacts too much. doesn't have enough oxygen in there. Maybe there's some perlite added to it. But again, that's a pain. And perlite in a potty mix is fine. There's a lot of moisture. There's not really any health risk at all. But if you start taking bags of pure perlite and mixing it in with coconut core, there's a lot of silica in the air and the dust off that bag of perlite. And it's really just not ideal. And that, that is messy inside the house. And that's something I don't, I don't want people to have to deal with. Having a large secondary container to hold any soil that spills is one thing. But to have dust, white powdery silica dust flying all over is just not a good idea. I know, I know at least one of the major seed companies is selling their minute soil right which is basically just a coconut core puck it's just a jiffy pot puck only without the netting and it's just not going to grow microgreens as well it's just not you really need to add something to that coconut core you need to add something that gives it some body lets oxygen in there lets the water percolate through it better it just needs to be a lighter mix than just pure coconut core and as far as the new fertilizer, I don't know if that's going to work out. I saw no difference at all with my mix or with the coconut core with kurabi. I have some basil growing right now. And I've just, this is another reason I started this podcast. I was actually watering them before I started the podcast. And the basil that's grown in both whole microgreens trays is looking a lot better than the basil that's grown in the coconut core. The whole microgreens potty mix, the plants are just, they're already bigger. And since I didn't buy this fertilizer, it was actually given me to try to use. I probably won't report the findings. I might report the, I might make a blog post on growing in coconut core again and showing that the fertilizer didn't help with it, but I don't think I will advertise the brand. But we'll see what it does with basil. However, I have used this fertilizer on my indoor uh, bok choy and it seems to do a really good job. So I'm not sure what the deal is with the microgreens or the coconut core. Maybe it's just the core. Maybe I need to try that with uh, Terra Fiber. So what's the summary of all this? The summary of this is that any grow media, it's much better if it's a lighter mix. So the whole microgreen mix has coconut core with some big fibers and perlite in it. 
the Coco Loco had the uh, wood products, basically like the little teeny pieces of bark chips that actually gave it some uh, fluffiness and let moisture move into it. Same with the Happy Frog, even though it was peat moss based, it still had some perlite and other things in it that actually lightened the mix. And I'm, I'm not sure why the one bamboo fiber mat grew so well. I'm just, I don't know what I did. I'll have to go back over all my photos and see if I can see um, in my notes and see what I did different than every other time. But really, I've got a whole bunch of bamboo fiber in here. I don't even have it for sale because it just didn't do a good job. I don't want to sell something that I think does a, a, a piss poor job. The Terra Fiber does a good job. A lot of people use it. And it's just the fact that you have to be more patient with it and you have to be more on top of it. You can't forget a day. If you forget to water on one day, you're in trouble with any mat, in my, in my opinion. The cocoa fiber mats are pretty good, except for the fact that they're a little bit stiff and hard to work with. But they grow microgreens well. I guess I should say they grow some microgreens well. I haven't grown a whole bunch of them. I don't think they do really well with beets or Swiss chard, but, you know, I haven't tried it either. In the future, I'm going to keep doing more of these trials. I'm going to use more fertilizers. I'm going to use some soils with fertilizers. I'm going to use some national brands. I'm trying to find major brands that everyone can get to at a garden center and use. So thanks for listening to me for this long. Again, I'll have all these blog posts listed in the show notes, and you can go find these show notes at homemakergreens.com forward slash four zero. I'll have the links listed and you can quickly look through the pictures. I think if you just look through the pictures of them, you can actually see which microgreens are growing well and either read the captions or the paragraph underneath on, on what my opinion was of each of those different products. But so far, I still like the whole microgreens potting mix very well. Coco Loco does a good job if you can find it. Happy Frog was okay if you can put up with the wet, uh, put up with wetting the soil. The cocoa fiber mats work halfway decent, hard to work with. The terra fiber works good. It's a little bit messy, a little bit itchy, and you have to be careful with your watering. And as far as fertilizers, so far, the only one that I am going to promote is Ocean Solution. And you can find that at homemicagreens.com forward slash ocean. That'll take you to Amazon where you can actually look at the product description and learn more about it. I know this is one of my longer podcasts and I feel like I'm hurrying to get it done. And I really appreciate it if you stayed this long. And if you'd like to help support the Microgreens podcast, you can go to homemicrogreens.com forward slash support and put in a little monthly pledge. And of course, you can always go to the Home Microgreens store where I have all kinds of seeds at competitive prices, all nice fresh seeds, and all the growing supplies you need to grow great microgreens at home. I hope to see you in a store. And if not, I'll talk to you next week in the next Microgreens podcast. Thank you for listening to the Microgreens podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a comment. It really helps out the podcast. As always, stop by homemakergreens.com and say hello. Now before the next show, plant your next tray of micros. Let's keep growing. <laughs>